Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app right now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. All right, everybody. Welcome to Casual Friday Talk About Flow Podcast. I am Patrick Moran. As always, I am joined by my buddy, sports writer, uh, my favorite follows on Twitter too, man. And not, I mean, you're my friend, but also love following you on Twitter, man. I look, you're funny. You got some, not just hockey, not just sports. That's why I wanted you to do this show with me, Casual Friday, to begin with, man. We're so much more than just hockey. We literally just had an emergent pod. It was all about Jack Eichel on Thursday. Today's Friday, Casual Friday. So we're going to do our, the usual suspect of stuff. What's going on, man? How you doing, Joe? It's going good, dude. Like... Yeah, this it's nice to cut loose. Like I know sometimes, like we we got a little bit serious on some stuff, you know, the past few weeks or whatever. But like, it's nice to be able to just kind of shut your brain off and just enjoy. Well, get ready to turn it back <laughs> on because I'm going to oh, tell crap. you, this is going to be a little bit different than most casual Fridays because there's just a lot of fucked up shit going on. Well, not fucked up, just a lot of a lot. serious stuff going on. Let's yeah. just put it that way. Not necessarily fucked up, but a lot of a lot of serious shit going on in Buffalo in the sports world in the news world over this past week or so. So I got a lot of stuff that I want to get into. That's why it was so important that we did an emerge pod with Jack Eichel, which by the way, I mean, of course, we're going to talk a little bit more about that today. But for anybody who didn't hear it, we recorded a good, I don't know, 37 minutes consecutive Jack Eichel to Vegas trade talk. That's, uh, you know, just go to Apple or Spotify, wherever you listen to this and uh, go back yesterday and listen to that show for sure. I don't even know where I want to start because there's just so many things going on. You know what? Before we get serious, I, I I had Aaron Quinn on the show on Tuesday, and we had a brief mm-hmm. conversation. And I want to ask you this as well. It is, well, now it's what? I don't know, November 5th, 6th, something like that. I lose track of my days already. Is this Christmas season to you yet? No. When, when is Christmas season to you, Joe? That's that's the key question. When, is, when I, do you feel it's acceptable to start celebrating Christmas, whether that's music, whether that's movies? whether that's throwing shit up on the walls, the Christmas lights outside, mm-hmm. going to get the tree, all that stuff. When is Christmas season to Joe Yurden? When does that begin? I start thinking a lot about Christmas Thanksgiving week. Okay. And for me, you know, my family, we've never been, uh, uh, we were never the family that had the tree up any earlier than December, you know, December 1st. Like that was, that was me how too. we did things. Me like too. December meant Christmas. And that's that. And like now it's like Christmas bleeds into every, like November 1st. People are just like, oh, my God, Christmas. I'm like, chill, the f- chill the fuck out, man. Like, just relax about Christmas. Like, you know, I get I get it. holidays are a little different this year because things are a little bit more relaxed pandemic wise. Um, but like. November 1st, it seemed like it, like all of Twitter was like was putting Mariah Carey on. And I'm just like, yo, <laughs> listen, like uh our friend jill sent me sent me a sends me a dm with uh that was like a meme about mariah carey and like all i did was read it and i had the song in my damn head and i'm just like god 
I was like, I hate you for sending this to me <laughs> right now because it, I, I, I'm not joking with you. Mariah Carey's All I Want From Christmas Is You was in my head for the next five hours. And I was just like, I tried listening to like black metal, like all kinds of stuff to get it out of there. And every time it was just, I hear the opening chimes of it. I'm just like, Jesus Christ, leave me alone. But like, I get people get, I, Christmas is fun. Christmas, I get it. I get it. Everybody loves the Christmas season. You know, we all love the Christmas movies and everything, but like, first things first, let's let Halloween breathe a little, little bit. bit. Of, a little bit of patience. You know, it's disrespecting Veterans Day, man. Right. Well, well, let me tell you a crazy story from radio days. Now, uh, in Albany, we had two stations that played that would eventually play Christmas music 24-7 for the Christmas season. And once it got past November 1st, uh, because it was on our it was on our oldies station, which you know makes sense. That's fine. Like you don't you don't need to be listening to like Elvis and you know everything, you know, you know, during Christmas time. It's just it's fine. You you can deal with it. Um but like they were on high alert waiting. They were like in a staring contest with the, with the station, the other station with all, like Albany broadcasting because they were waiting to see who would flip first. Now they had a date in mind that they were going to flip, like just turn the switch and then all the programming becomes Christmas music. And I remember it was, it was actually veterans day. Um, we're in the station and then suddenly everybody's scrambling and I'm just like, what the hell's going on? They're like, uh, the, the other station went Christmas. So we're changing everything over now. And I'm like, what, what do you mean now? They're like, we got to keep up. We got to compete. And I'm like, Oh my God. Uh, so, so the, the worst part of that worst part of that though, was that it flipped to putting Christmas music on in the office because one of the stations always played like through the entire office building. Cause you know, it's radio. Like, come on. Mm-hmm. But like that put the Christmas station on through the office from that day forward until the end of, until Christmas was over with. And it was just like, Oh, for fuck's sake. Like, come on. Like, like, but like it's veterans day. The other station goes, screw it. We're going Christmas. And so, you know, our, you know, our building went on, you know, Defcon one to flip the, to flip their station to Christmas music. And like, everybody's freaking out. Cause they had to like reschedule ads. They had to do all this other shit. And it's just like, it's for the Christmas station guys. It's not even cold out yet. <laughs> like, it's like November 11th or whatever it is. And it's just like, Oh my God, can we, can we just not, do this but like that's how crazy it gets though because like i mean that's i mean that's the commercial side of it but like you know every like starbucks i think put their red cups out the second it became november 1st like all these different like christmas things where it's just like here it is christmas in your face i was walking through target yesterday they're in the middle of changing everything over into christmas which i'm like aren't you guys a little late like i thought you guys started doing this in august but like everything was red and white with you know there's friggin holly everywhere there's goddamn tat you know there's evergreen shit every place just like <sighs> all right i guess it's here man <laughs> i just can't i'm with you man I, just can't, I can't man like right now i can't i'm with you i i to me christmas starts and i'm gonna re- reiterate what i talked about or what i said with Aaron on tuesday i think for me christmas season starts the day after thanksgiving i want to get to thanksgiving yeah and then my full and undivided attention is on christmas and i'm no grinch i'm no christmas hater like i told Aaron, i've spent the last five years in florida Christmas season for me was basically four days. I got the Buffalo because I came out to Buffalo every Christmas year. So I would get mm-hmm. here December 21st, 22nd. That was the start of Christmas season. Florida, we didn't put decorations up. We didn't put a tree up. We knew we were coming to Buffalo. I love Florida. It's beautiful. It felt like a, a movie set Christmas time, but it, was, mm-hmm. it wasn't the real deal. You know what I'm saying? Was, the snow was yeah. fake. Literally, there was fake snow You know, for these exhibits and stuff like that. So I'm very much Christmas. Throw all the Christmas music out there. 
that's all cool. But yeah, it's a little bit too early. But I can live with Christmas music a little bit early. But the whole lights up and the tree and all that shit, man, it's no, just that's it's too, too goddamn early. Too goddamn early. That's too much. I, and like those, are like sometimes I worry that those are the people that keep it up until after like February started. I'm just like, guys, it's Christmas for you four months out of the year. Like, just chill already, please. Yeah. yeah for, I'll tell you one other thing, too. And this is not, all right. So that was the fun part. The fun part of this podcast is over for a little bit. <laughs> I, another topic that fun I, I, I want to get your take on this as well. Aaron or Aaron and I on Tuesday, we at least touched on it. OJ Simpson was just in Buffalo this last week and mm-hmm. obviously a very polarizing figure. Um, he is sensationalized by fans quite often for the wrong reasons. Quite frankly, he was mm-hmm. at, all right. So on Thursday, he was at anchor bar. And a very good friend of mine is a waitress there. And mm-hmm. she took a photo with him and uh, she posted it on social media. And I you know, told her, I said, I want to tweet this. Not the best move, okay, for her. I, I no. put it this way, man. I tweeted it out and within like a couple days, I'm looking it up right now, over 100, 190,000 impressions pretty much went, went viral, so to speak. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of, criticism as it should be what's your thoughts on oj because first let me share mine real quick with you i would be polarized if i was in the same place as him acre bar because i know he's at the casino obviously at the bills game we saw Mm -hmm. a video of fans literally up and down the aisle waiting to get a photo with this fucking guy all right i'm like this i'm polarized by the thought of him he is a larger than life figure so to speak like it or not Mm -hmm. he is larger than life in some ways so i would be intrigued to see how he's interacting with people, what they're saying to him, how he's reacting to it, or just to get a look. I'm not going to lie. I might even pull out my phone and and and, and kind of sneak a, a pic of him. But I'm going to draw the line. I'm going to have to throw out a big no if I have an opportunity to take a picture with him because then I think you're kind of, you know, you're endorsing him, so to speak. If you're smiling and taking a selfie with him, what are your thoughts on him? First, being back in Buffalo. Also, the Bills, I, I'm not saying they endorse him being there, they didn't promote him, they didn't advertise mm-hmm. him, but they also didn't turn him away from the stadium mm-hmm. either. Uh, your thoughts on him being in Buffalo, being at the game, and just uh, from what you gathered, the, the the how fans were reacting to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Loaded question, oh, sorry. Yeah, well, listen, it's, it's fine. O- OJ, to me, the whole cult of personality around him is fascinating. Like that's, that's what gets me most about this. Like, you know, it all stems from, from what happened in, you know, the murder, murder trial and all that stuff that was just like every day I'd come home from school and, you know, one of my parents had got it on TV and I was like, man, this is a big deal. And, you know, it's not like I was a little kid. I was a teenager when that was going on. I was just like, man, okay. Like it's a little weird. You know, I remember watching the, the, the Bronco chase and everything about that. I remember listening to Howard Stern back then and they were just goofing on everything, like they're goofing on everything, but also just being like, can you believe this? Like this guy, this guy friggin' did it. And like, it's, it's weird to me that people are like, oh my God, OJ, let me get to get a picture. It's like, I can't, and it, maybe it's because I grew up with, you know, seeing him in movies and like being like, wow, this guy seems really cool. Like he's on football, you know, he's, he was doing football games on NBC and it was just like, wow, this, this is pretty great. You know, and, you know, he had a presence about him because, you know, it's OJ. Like, he was a great player. And then, like, all this happens and, like, it just changes everything that you that you feel about him. And, like, I think gratefully so. And, like, yeah, listen, I know he was found not guilty and everything, but 
<sighs> like, you know, I don't I think there's, can't. I don't think there's anyone on this earth, Joe, who truly in their heart of hearts believes that he's innocent. I don't think there's right. one person in on the face of this earth, not even his family who believes in their heart of hearts that he's innocent. And I get the whole mm -hmm. people treat him like a celebrity more than they treat him like a, somebody who murdered innocent people. Yeah. That's where it's, it's really tough to finagle that line. Yeah. And like, that's, that's not something I, I, I personally, I personally would not be looking to, to seek him out to like shake his hand or anything. Absolutely not. You're not taking a picture Absolutely. with him, right? No, no, man. No. Like as fun, like I think in the, getting a picture with him is funnier if it's back in the day, because then it's like, it's not funny, but it's, it's more like, wow, I met him back before he was, he killed two people because he went nuts. Like, like that's at least more, there's more innocence to that. Like there's more just kind of like, wow, he fell so far from that. You're doing it now. And you're like, that's fresh in your mind. And if it's not like, you know, I guess congrats on being either ignorant or just never having grown up around it. Cause I, cause I know damn well that there's people who are like, you know, half my age, 20 years old or whatever now where like, they had no experience with, with, you know, watching, seeing that trial go down seeing the, you know, the fallout and everything that, that went along with it. Like people don't have that. Like people didn't, like, people always wonder like, where did Kim Kardashian come from? I was like, well, her dad was one of the, was one of OJ's lawyers. And I think that's kind of where it started from. But like, like that's the whole thing. Like everything that's like kind of spiraled out from that is just bonkers. And like, I, can't i just in my mind i just could not i could not seek him out like trying to get it if try to get a selfie with oj i don't want to get that close to oj you kidding me like no, no way man like it, it doesn't I don't make, need that it, it doesn't automatically make you a bad person you know what i mean you're bad it's questionable it's a little questionable it is you're, well the decision is certainly questionable for sure like for an example and i'm you know i am going to defend to an extent like the girl who took that selfie with him, I know her mm. very well. So I can speak to her character. I'm not speculating because I know her. She's a mm -hmm. wonderful person. Mm -hmm. Great person. She's and she's probably at that age. I'm trying to think in my mind right now. She's old enough, certainly, to to remember that. So it's not mm -hmm. like she was a baby or not born yet. But she's a good person. That said, I think it's a horrible decision. I wouldn't do it. You know, we look at Somebody that you and I both like and respect very much in this business, Tim Graham. There's, in fact, there's nobody in sports yeah. media that I respect more than Tim Graham. And Tim, to his mm -hmm. credit, has kind of owned it. But he has, oh, yeah. a, he has a professional, I don't want to say a, a friendship with OJ, because then I'd be putting words in Tim's mouth. That's not fair. He has a professional relationship with OJ. He has interviewed mm -hmm. him multiple times. And he has not really, he, he, won't, he doesn't apologize for that. A lot mm -hmm. of people gave Tim a lot of shit. For, for interviewing him, for having him on and, you know, do. and doing these stories. And they still do. And Tim, to his credit, stands by his thing. Now, of course, that's professional. That's a lot different. Tim Graham that's doing a, a job that, you know, a lot of people are going to want to read about or, or listen mm -hmm. to is quite different than, a, a, you know, when a fan uh, taking a photo with, with the guy at the freaking casino or whatever. Yeah. I'm with you, man, though. I agree with you. I, I certainly would not want to take a photograph with with mm -hmm. a murderer man but it, it it doesn't automatically make people bad people because they're no. doing it it's just really questionable like you and i are good people and we probably do a lot right. of fucking stupid shit to me that's oh, yeah. what I see. I see someone taking a photo with oj or somebody really intrigued or they wanted to get selfies with mm -hmm. him i had a lot of people by the way hitting me up like do you know where he's because you know i knew where he was and where he was going it's like how many how many uh, where is he going people? 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> How many real autograph people being like, I got this case of footballs over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I don't know. By the way, one other significant thing in Buffalo, not even sports related, and I know this did not make you happy, and I had no horse in the race. All right, let me throw that out mm-hmm. there. No horse in the race. But Byron Brown is still your mayor. Mm-hmm. I, I get why. <laughs> Again, this is not a political podcast, yeah. but I'd be remiss if I didn't at least mention that it's surprising to a lot of people considering India Walton actually won the Democratic primary. A lot of people think Byron mm-hmm. Brown should not have even been able to run for mayor. I get all that. Again, no horse in the race. The only thing I will say, it's surprising unless you like live in South Buffalo because ev- mm-hmm. I, I'm near South Buffalo all the time. Every goddamn lawn in South Buffalo <laughs> had a write down Byron Brown sign mm-hmm. or whatever. But obviously, I know, I know you're disappointed fairly, and, and fairly so hey. as well. Yeah. And I mean, like reading some of the aftermath of like, you know, stuff that uh, had happened with Walton's campaign where like her flyers were being produced by, by scabs, like, dude, you can't, like, you can't be, you can't be saying that you're, you're pro worker and all that, then having your, having your ads getting made by, you know, your, your mailer ads being made by a company that's using, that's using replacement workers. Can't, can't, you cannot do that. And like, you know, they didn't get the, they didn't get the endorsement of the teacher, you know, the New York state teacher or the, uh, the Buffalo teachers, which is important. fascinating because I know, cause, cause well, it's very important, but also like teachers always want Buffalo public schools want more money. And it's like, I don't know if that's just them, you know, kind of covering their ass and being like, Hey man, you know, it's, you know, we don't think you're going to win it, but like, you know, if you do cool, we'll work with you because we know you want to help the schools out, but also like. I don't know if Byron wins. We don't want to be on his bad side. We're already, he's already given us garbage anyways. So like, why, why make it worse? But like, I don't know. I I'm, I'm on the spot where it's just kind of like, and this is where I'm still a stupid pie in the sky person where you see things that are, that need help in the city and you see things that, that need to be addressed and you see people that need help in the city. And it's like, nothing's happened. Nothing's changed to help them out in the last, you know, 16 years you know, 14, 12, 16 years, whatever, you know, however long his, his reign's been. And it's like, well, what's going to change now, especially now that he's, you know, he, he sold out his party a, so, uh, you know, he basically cuddled up to cuddled up to everybody that he was, you know, he was the head of like the, the, the democratic party here in Buffalo for a bit, like the Erie County Democrats, he was ahead of it. Now he's just kind of like, well, see ya. Like, (laughs) you know, but I guess if there's something I can appreciate about it, it's that, every bit of cynicism I have for politicians. And there's a lot, there is a lot of cynicism. <laughs> um, Byron Brown has been the perfect example of all that. Like everything that I don't like and don't trust about politicians, he's managed to encapsulate every single bit of it. I'm just kind of like, all right, yep. This all makes sense. Like, I'm not like, I'm disappointed. I'm not surprised. Like, I'm not surprised. Like, don't get that twisted. Like I'm not sure, surprised the, the election turned the way it did. Um, because you know, Brown's campaign certainly hit all the hit all the notes that that made a difference for people who who may not have been understood. Like, I get it. It's like classic old p- political scare tactic stuff, but like I'm not surprised, but also like I hope my hope and this is again Pollyanna stuff for me. I hope this was enough to scare him into thinking, "Boy, I better do some stuff." You know, like I better do some stuff. My worry is that he's going to be like, "Nope, this is my job forever. Screw everybody." I <laughs> and he's uh, and he's gonna and he's gonna reward everybody who 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 buttered yeah, him up with money, campaign he money. Is and Byron Brown, Byron, Byron Brown is the prototypical 
politician that you see on TV shows and that and that you mm-hmm. see on movies. The the gist of, of people that I talked to, I don't think they liked either candidate. I think it was more of the enemy that you know versus the enemy that you don't. And I'm not saying that's fair. I'm not saying it's right. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you that's the consensus from people that I spoke with. This election, mm-hmm. admittedly, for the wrong reasons, okay? For the wrong reasons, this election has polarized me. It has fascinated me because mm-hmm. I want not knowing if a guy is a running candidate could win. That's the portion of the election. I don't want to sit here and, and, and talk about politics or views when I'm mm-hmm. ignorant, uneducated, and ill-informed to do so, okay? I'm just saying that the people that I, I was fascinated to see how it would play out. I was surprised. I did not. In fact, I own the tweet, but there was a tweet I put up on Tuesday morning. One at India Walton smiling, the other one at Byron Brown with kind of like this look on his face. I'm like, yeah, I think they both know what this result's going to be. I was dead wrong, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and she just, I don't know. It's just something about her campaign. Again, looking at this almost kind of like I covered like a, like a sporting event would have been. Mm-hmm. It just seemed like she didn't take advantage of the momentum that she had with this campaign yeah. over the last few mm-hmm. months. If that makes any sense to you, I don't know. Yeah, no, it, that makes no, it makes complete sense. And there are there are certainly plenty of issues she could have hit on with with Brown that would have gotten immediately into everybody's mind, where it was just kind of like, wow, this guy let this happen. Like the like the the the, the speed cameras in the school zones, like how they managed to triple the amount of money they thought they were going to get. And they did it in like, <laughs> they did it in like two months time. Like instead of being like, Oh, over a year, this will see like, this will bring in a million dollars. And then like three months, it got $3 million. It's just kind of like, well, a, everybody's speeding in school zones apparently, but B, what are you doing? Like, 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 like what, like what's going on? You're robbing, you're robbing people in the city. And it, you're, the cameras only exist, seem to only happen around, more urban schools which seems like who are you really taking your money from here dude like you're it's like it's it feels pointed towards certain demographics and it's just kind of like what are you doing <laughs> but like the thing the thing that the thing that that gets me the most here is that um like while i'm not surprised it's still just kind of like this whole thing gets avoided if he campaigns for what three maybe maybe a week for the primary and reminds people like hey by the way i'm still running for mayor you better like let's just let's just carry on like normal and just take care of this like just vote for me and we'll we'll call it a day instead he he just figured he was going to cruise to win like he didn't campaign one bit like people started putting signs out like two like two days before the primary vote be like uh, we might have a problem here. Like, let's get some signs. Like, nobody knew the primary was happening. The only, the only reason I knew it was happening was because Indy Walton had signs out. I'm like, I'm not even, I'm not even with a party. Like, I just, I can't be bothered with. Both parties make me sick. Yeah. But like, <laughs> but like, it's just kind of like I barely knew the primary was even going on, and then it was like, oh, and you know, Indy Walton won. I was like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? Like, I was like, all right. Well, I didn't even know it was happening. People were just like, well, it was a low turnout. She should have never won. Like okay, well, complacency gets us all and it really got to Brown. Like, that's that's the thing I don't like is that he did none of his homework and he still graduated. Like, yeah. that's, you know, that's the way I look at it. You did none of your work and you still got an A on the test. Like, screw you, man. Like, he, I, I'm very old school punitive like that. It's like, dude, you didn't do your work. Just get out of here. I, I know you were a big fan of The Wire. Um, Byron Brown reminded me of, what was uh, Clay Davis, the guy just, yeah. she. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Byron Brown just a corrupt yeah. motherfucker, man. But, Hey, he won. He whatever. Again, I'm going to 
not talk about my views or any of that shit. Yeah. I would say this though. I would like to have Byron Braun on this podcast. I'm down to talk to anyone on this podcast, whether I agree with them mm-hmm. or not, because I love now that he's allegedly or not allegedly, it looks like he he's going to win. He hasn't officially mm-hmm. won yet, but he's going to win. I would love for him to go back and, and talk about the primary and what he did wrong, which is basically doing nothing. How you much think, he took that for You think he would answer? You I, think he would say anything honestly? Probably not, but I would like okay. to ask him that anyway. Hey, I had Mark Polinkars on this podcast before, the Erie County Executive, mm-hmm. and I, you know, there was a lot of political talk at times, but he was a little more open and honest than I than I thought he would be. So I'll give him credit for that. Maybe Byron Brown would be, but yeah, let's not. Here's 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 my favorite part though is that that now that this is like settled out, people are like, good. Now he can get to work on the Bills Stadium thing, and I'm like. <laughs> What are you talking about? Like the, 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 the common council was like, they're going to have a meeting to discuss like the stadium. And like oh. Tim Graham was sending it up the other day. And I was like, yeah, that's right. And people just, well, no, they still got to talk about it. It's like, they're not putting the stadium here, guys. Like Buffalo has zero say in this. Yeah, that's, that's ridiculous. It's We're just not- so dumb. Like, it's so dumb. It's like, you know, Byron Brown, like the stadium was even a talking point for the election. It's like, it doesn't matter, man. Like you're running for mayor of Orchard Park. You're running for mayor of Buffalo. Like <laughs> pick one. <laughs> One other thing, one other thing, and I I will talk Bill Sabres. Starting five this week, by the way, for everyone listening, we do this every week. It's going to be Adam Sandler movies this week. I'm looking forward to that. Um, COVID is obviously very alive and well, and the NFL Mm. is continuing to be affected. Uh, Mm. Devontae Adams had to miss last week's game because of COVID. Now Aaron Rodgers has COVID. Your boy lied. Well, technically Mm. he didn't lie, sort of, depending on how he twisted his words. Yeah. You know, because he didn't want to get criticism. Mm. What's your take? Because to me, again, Aaron Rodgers is a blind idiot as far mm. as I'm concerned. Like, I'm confident, but not, you know, let me ask you for yourself. But I, I, I'm confident <laughs> you feel similarly. Yeah. What a dumbass. Just what a, what just a bonehead. Like, like the, the fact that, and the, the part that drives me nuts, though, is that everybody had like the reporters all had details on this. Like the second somebody decided to break it, somebody's like finally like, yep, you got COVID. And by the way, he's not vaccinated. Like how long you been sitting on this one? Like, how, like, how, like, I mean, maybe it was just all from this one investigation. Maybe it's just, maybe that's what it was, but it sure seemed like every insider was crawling out of the woodwork to be like, Oh yeah, by the way, not vaccinated. Oh, by the way, he's doing like Tom Brady type homeopathic nonsense to to try to say he's immunized against it. And then you find out like his girlfriend is like, she's like, she's an anti-vaxxer, right? She, well, she's an anti-vaxxer. And like her big thing is like, people should eat clay because it's good for them. And I'm just like, what? You, what? <laughs> what are you kidding? Like, is he listening to this quack? Like, okay. Like, all right. Like your girlfriend's anti-vax congrats. But like, is he getting like clay pudding to eat when he goes home? Or like, you know, is he getting like, uh, clay glaze put on a steak like i don't understand i don't understand i don't understand any of it and it just seems like he's he's getting advice from like the gwyneth paltrow uh magazine for for how to like do alternative medicine and it's just like dude but like the thing that, that kills me though is like if you're a teammate like if i'm Devonte adams i'm just i'm looking at i'd be looking at rogers and going like man is it your fault i got this like what the hell or is it or is rogers looking at adams saying like oh i got it because of you man screw you like Everything about it is so stupid, and it's just I, it blows my mind that it was allowed to get to this point. That's my point. It, as we're so we're taping this early Thursday afternoon. As we're taping this, there's been no reported team or league discipline levied against Aaron Rodgers. And if it turns out that there's not, or if it's just some whatever fine, which to him will be 
you know, a drop in the bucket, mm-hmm. then why should anyone have to listen and follow protocols in the NFL? I mean, he clearly broke a ton of protocols, a ton of them, a ton of league rules regarding the COVID vaccination and what players are allowed to do and where they can and can't be. And with the mask and all that other stuff, if he's not disciplined, if he's not suspended by the league or by the team, then, I mean, what's the sense? What's the point mm-hmm. in all of it? You know? Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's definitely that, but it's also like, how do you not like if you're a Packers player, how do you how are you not like hyper pissed about this? Like and also like what like your your quarterback is like everything about Aaron Rodgers is weird. Like let's <laughs> you know, the whole thing where he's like he's trying out to be the Jeopardy host and you know in the offseason, it's like okay, weird. I thought you're still a quarterback. And then like every year we go through the dance of like, well, maybe he's 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 finally done with the Packers, and it's just like okay, like Right, like I guess, and then you know all the weird shit about like you know he doesn't talk to his family and all this like all this other like gossipy nonsense. It's just like it's like this dude's weird. This dude's weird. But then it's like you know he hid being anti. It's not at least he didn't go with Vander Kane and show up with a fake card. (laughs) Right, I can give Aaron Rodgers some begrudging credit there, but also like it's ridiculous. And when the and I remember this wasn't made a big deal about when he was asked about it. You know, before the season when he goes, he goes, well, yeah, I've been immunized. Okay, well, you didn't answer the question, but you just you just said you got some shots at some point. But like, okay, man, like uh, it's, I don't know, Packer. I don't know how the Packers are so dramatic all the damn time. It, it just kills me. And it, you know, I thought when Mike McCarthy left, it was that would be it, because it seemed like him and Rogers were like the the part grinding against each other. And it was, I guess not. I guess maybe it's just Rogers. I don't know. Well, I, I tell you, I'm going to save the personal diatribe diatribe where. I think players are just being selfish if they're not getting vaccinated because I think you're putting your entire team and organization in danger. This could have happened at a different time. This could have happened in late December, early January. And then you got your franchise quarterback not playing in a playoff game in season's toast because you did not want to get the vaccination again. I'll save that personal diatribe, although I literally just said what I said I was not going to. (laughs) Anyway, on that note, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. Bill's talk, Sabres talk, Jack Eichel gone. Um, some other topics as well. And then our Adam Sandler starting five draft. Be right back. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, I'm back with Joe Yurden. Not going to spend a lot of time talking bills because uh, I got other things I don't want to get to today. And we've already talked about a lot of them, but two things. Number one, this isn't really a, a topic of discussion. I just want to 
point out that Tyler Bass, AFC Special Teams Player of the Month, really pumped about that. I, I think that 57-yard field goal he made against Miami was pretty clutch. Um, what I do want to talk about, Tuesday was the NFL trade deadline, and I'm telling you, man, I was pretty heated. Chris Trapasso from CBS Sports, a guy I know well and a guy who's been on this podcast. I just did a Finder Wings Club show with him a couple weeks ago. He put out a tweet that um, the Bills were working on a surprise trade. And I talked to him privately. And I also know, without saying who, his source was not, his source was legit. Let's just, I'm going to tell you that, okay? Because I heard from somebody, and I think it might be the same person, that the Bills and the Washington football team were close to making a trade. Not necessarily close, but they were in talks for a trade that would the Bills would send backup quarterback Mitch Trubisky to Washington. What I hear is that um, Washington wanted to give a draft pick. And the Buffalo Bills, and I have no idea who the player is, so I don't want to speculate and guess no names, but the Bills wanted a player. They wanted a player-for-player player swap from Washington, while Washington just wanted to give them draft capital. The Bills said no, in part, I'm sure, because Mr. Bissy is going to be a free agent at the end of the year, and if he leaves, they might get a comp pick for him. Anyway, they wanted a player, I'm sure, who can come in and, and help this team right now. Anyway, didn't materialize, but I was pretty goddamn livid. And it was, without question, on social media, the topic of the day. A lot of people had a lot of differing opinions about it. I was of the mindset, you don't trade a quality backup quarterback who's been in this system now for months for a, a freaking draft pick because if Josh Allen tears his ankle, God forbid, that's a wrap on your season, man. That's a wrap on your season. A lot of people didn't disagree. What were your thoughts on that? Like if you were the GM, would you say, all right, I got a, an asset here with Mitch Trubisky. I could get something for him. Let's pull that mm-hmm. trigger and take a chance that Josh doesn't get hurt. Or are you of the mindset that, Hey man, we got a really good team and this guy's a capable guy. If he needs to go in, Hopefully he doesn't have to, but we might not get an asset for him. He might just sit on the bench, and if things go right, he won't play a snap this year. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you keep him. What, what, what would you do? What, would you, what was your mindset on Tuesday? I, I was I, – I'm actually happy they didn't trade Trubisky because, because the way that they use Allen, it's begging for him to get hurt at some point. Like all the runs, the way the line hasn't been that great this year. Like I mean, he can escape, but like – I know, man. I saw him take a few runs in that last game where he's getting popped, and it's just you know there was one where he got tackled low, and it was like it's all it takes, man. Like one run and some safety catches you wrong, a linebacker catches you. I agree. You know that's that's your season, and you know I I, maybe if they had more faith in Jake Fromm, you know if if they felt like he was a guy that could be a very capable backup, then maybe you say like, well, we can move this and get get some extra, and we're okay. Like I don't think you feel good if Jake Fromm's got to be the guy to back up Allen. Like if Allen's got to come out, like if Allen's got to sit for a game or two for you know X Y Z reasons, and Jake Fromm's your dude, I don't know, man. I ain't liking. I ain't liking the the way Hell that looks. No. <laughs> you know, at least Trubisky showed some stuff in preseason, and you know, playing quarterback for the Bears stinks. Like, <laughs> I mean, I get on the Lions case all the time, but like the Bears are only look better because they have the lines in their division when it comes down to it. But like, I get it. Like he's, he's capable. He's got ability. He's arguably probably one of the best backups in the NFL right now. So I get why people would think, Hey, let's trade for him. I understand that. But also if you're Buffalo, it, it's nice to have a luxury like that. 
And he's and, been in the system since the beginning of yeah. camp. He's all off season. He knows mm-hmm. the he knows the offense. I was fighting with our buddy Joe from Queens and Nate mm-hmm. Gary, who both say Cam Newton's a better quarterback, which is a crock of shit because he's not a better quarterback. Cam, mm-hmm. the, you know, Cam Newton in twenty fifteen was a better quarterback. Twenty twenty one, Cam Newton ain't a better quarterback, man. He got beat mm-hmm. out by a rookie. He was the worst passer of the football last year for the Patriots. I can't remember. Dude, Nate, he was as bad as Nate Peterman at throwing the football last year. And I'm being, I'm not even being funny. I'm being dead serious. You don't mess around with that. That Mr. Brisky is a, he is a luxury. Keep that luxury, man. Who gives a shit about a third? Mm-hmm. Fo- Look. It didn't cost they, them anything. Like, it, it cost it, them nothing. Right. It's, and they'll get a pick for him probably next year. Now, if they're going to, if some teams want to do something stupid, then of course. Yeah. Or, like I said, if they were, they were trying to get, if you're going to get a really good defensive tackle, a really good guard who could come in and start, then maybe I could see, hey, let's roll the dice that Josh Allen's going to stay healthy. We're going to get mm-hmm. a piece who makes our football team better right now. You know, Mr. Trubisky makes mm-hmm. your team better if, if your quarterback goes down and you're not stuck with, like you said, Jake Fromm. Yeah. But if you can get a see, starter, that's different. But they weren't. <laughs> no, 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 no. You keep your bed. You got a quarterback like Mr. Trubisky. You keep him. All right. He, mm-hmm. He's better than Matt Barkley. Let's just put it that way. All yes. right. So I don't no know. Not on Matt Barkley, but he's not as good as Trubisky. Not even close. <laughs> Matt Barkley's a good guy, man. Matt Barkley. Josh Allen credits Matt Barkley a lot for his off-field, mm-hmm. you know, mentorship when he first got into the league. So I'm not throwing, you know, stones at Matt Barkley. I'm a very big Matt Barkley guy, but he ain't no Mitch Trubisky. Mm-mm. Simple as that, man. Simple Which, as that. I got to tell you, being again, being a Lions fan and hearing this much crowing about Mitch Trubisky, I'm just like, what's going on here? I don't understand. And like the only time Trubisky ever did anything good was against Detroit. So I kind of get it. So like, if you got a scouting tape that was just him lighting up the Lions, I'd be like, yeah, well, I, I can understand. I truly, like, I truly, in my heart, yeah. Joe, man, I truly, in my heart, brother, I, I, I truly feel in football, the system has so much to do with success mm-hmm. or failure. You know what I mean? You oh, put yeah. a guy in a bad system and he's going to fail. If Josh Allen went to the New York Jets, if the Jets took Josh Allen instead of Sam Darnold with the third pick, I do not think you'd be seeing MVP caliber Josh Allen in the NFL no. right now. I just don't think so. I mean, I think it's the organization. There's a lot of factors that go into making a player great. Now, I'm not saying Mitch Trubisky is a Pro Bowl quarterback, but he ain't no scrub either. And we've seen that even in the preseason with Buffalo, man. The guy could play football. Get him in the right system. That matters. Speaking of the right system, switch gears here. Again, we did an emergent pod just yesterday. Talk Sabres. Jack Eichel's out. Let's, instead of revisiting that trade talk, because again, go back and listen to yesterday's show. Let's talk about the totality of what the Sabres have done this offseason. So who, here's who's out, okay, from when the season ended last year. Jack Eichel, Sam Reinhart, Rasmus Rissalainen, and then they also lost a, a 2023 third round pick. That's who's out. Here's and who's Lina's in. Allmark. <laughs> Linus Olmark, too. Yeah, Linus Olmark. Well, I'm talking via trades, but yes, Linus oh, okay, okay. Olmark, who, by the way, man, it would be nice to have him with the Buffalo Sabres right now, especially the way a goalie's looking in Rochester early in this season. It's early, mm-hmm. but not a great start for UPL. But anyway, yeah. so that's who's out. Here is who's in via trades. Peyton Krebs, uh, Tuck, uh, Devon Levi, a, a goalie prospect. That's who they got for Sam Reinhart. Mm-hmm. He's playing really well in college. Let's keep the, you know things in perspective here. Uh, uh, Rosen, who was, I, I believe he was the late first round pick. Uh, Mid first round. He was like 14th. That's yeah, the, the Philly pick. For, that was for the Rasmus. Okay, so they got him. Robert Hag, um, Vegas and Florida's first next season. Philly's second two years from now. 
And then Vegas is third. Or no, Philly's second round pick next year in 2023. And also Vegas' third rounder next year. You take the totality of all that. Uh, do you think Kevin Adams has done pretty well with what he's got him back? I'm sure, you, you know, time will tell, obviously. But are you happy right now with what they got back for what they gave up? You know, I, I'm i okay with it. Like, I, I think you can, there's points you can argue with, with some of them. Um, like you could be a little bit grumpy about the return for Reinhardt because, you know, it is a conditional first um, for him. Like if it's, you know, if it's, if it's a lottery pick at all, like, you know, Sabres aren't getting it like, okay, fine. Like, fine, whatever. Like Florida's good. Florida's showing themselves to be really good. So you can live with that. Um, you know, Isaac Rosen, we'll, you know, we'll see what he is. We'll see what he is down the road. Devin, Devin Levi, same thing. Like it's having a nice year. It's his first, I think it's first or second year at Northeastern, whatever. Like <laughs> we've seen, we, there've been plenty of goalies who are really good in college who've come through and they can't hack it. Like, that's goalies. Like a lot of goalie people like to say goalies are voodoo. You just don't know. Um, but in the totality of it all, considering where they, where they've, you know, they've essentially said that they're essentially said and have done, they're pulling it apart to, to kind of build again from the ground up mission accomplished. Like <laughs> they've done that. Um, obviously this will all depend on how well Krebs does like, and how well he fits into things. But I, I can see, there's a reason to be hopeful, I think. And it's dangerous to say that with the Sabres at all times. Very, <laughs> yes. Me. Um, you can't ever just be like, all right, this these guys are coming. It's going to be great. Like, no, we've done that. We, we just did that. We just got over it, and we're starting over again. So, um, but there's there's reason to be hopeful. You know, and I think it helps because you got some guys in the AHL playing really well, guys that you're counting on to be NHLers in Paterka and Quinn. That helps immensely. It would be great if Lukanen can get it together. Because then you're feeling okay about your goaltending in the future. Um, you know, Matias Samuelson's just coming back, so we'll see how see see how he does getting back from you know after taking that shot in preseason. Um, because you know these are guys that they're looking at. You know, that, then you have Ryan Johnson down the road, like all this all this other stuff. On paper, it looks like they got killed <laughs> because everybody everybody that Buffalo's gotten it has a question mark of like, well, what are they going to be? But I think if you project out how they can be, you're feeling pretty good about it. Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, I, I mean, it stinks to not have anything more tangible to just be like, yes, they won. I feel like it's a conversation that can't be answered convincingly for three years. You know what I mean? Cause you yeah. got your first round picks, you got Peyton Krebs, you got to see what Isaac Rosen, you got to see what these guys become. So it's mm -hmm. kind of a, Admittedly, I'm asking you a completely unfair question <laughs> when you got a franchise center, you know, Sam Reinhardt, Sam Reinhardt to me, by the way, Joan, we've talked about this before. I never thought Jack Eichel could get worked out. I knew that shit was done. I hated it. I wanted Jack Eichel to be a Buffalo Saber for his whole career, but I mm -hmm. accepted. I made peace with the fact that that was done. Mm -hmm. Sam Reinhardt to me is still the one that got like these trades. I would do the Risto trade again in a second. Yeah. It's easy to say three years from now, I would not have done the Eichel trade or I would do the Eichel trade. We don't know, but given what they got, I agree with what you said on yesterday's show. I would do it. I think that's the best they mm -hmm. realistically could get. I would not make the Sam Reinhardt trade if I were in charge. I know there's a lot more to it yeah. than, than, you know, what I want. Sam Reinhardt did not want to be a <laughs> Buffalo Saber. I trust me, Joe. I fucking get that. But Levi in the first, 
I, I give me Sam Reinhart, man, because I look at these young guys. I look at Krebs. I look at Tuck. I look at Cousins and Middle Sam. These guys. And give me Sam Reinhart with that, man. Mm-hmm. An established, yep. quality, good player. That yep. to me, Sam Reinhart's the one that got away. Do you agree with that? A hundred percent. And the Sabres let it happen. You know, Bottrell didn't have to sign him to a bridge deal when his when his ELC was up. You know, that's you know that was the summer both. Eichel and Reinhardt's deal, you know, ELCs were up. So they had, you know, obviously their attention was on Eichel, obviously. Um, and they just kind of let things drag with Sam because, like, he wasn't, you know, he didn't sign until like a day or two into training camp because, you know, whatever. They they kind of farted around with it and decided, eh, well, we'll get to him when we get to him. Let's get Jack taken care of first. Like, I get it. Like, I get it. I understand. That's the pecking order. But, like, right, you know, Reinhardt, you know, in his, his first interview with Florida said, you know, it's like, yeah, I, you know, I was, I wanted to sign long-term, you know, wanted to do that before. And, you know, Bottrell didn't do it. Adams didn't do it. Now, granted, I think Adams was in a tougher spot because Sam was, uh, was like a year away from UFA. And like, if he doesn't sign, if he doesn't sign long-term with you right away, like that off season, you got to move him. You can't, you can't risk losing him for nothing. Like, and you don't want to deal, you don't want to take a chance by moving him at the deadline because what if he gets hurt? Because then, then he walk, then he walks. You get nothing. You lose him for nothing, and then you're screwed. So I mean, they did what they could, but like they had their. It's not like they. It's not like they didn't have a chance to to get that secured years ago. They did. And they didn't, and then I, they didn't do it. I feel. I feel like. And now, don't get me wrong. I love Sam Ryder. Jack Eichel's the more established, obviously the bigger star. Mm-hmm. I feel like with Jack, they got a very good opportunity to get very good compensation back for him. Sam mm-hmm. Reinhardt, it's going to take an awful lot. I mean, Levi's going to have to become a really good number one goalie down the road. And this first round pick, whoever it may be, with, might look like it's going to be a really high pick. He's going to have to be a good player just to even begin to say the Sabres didn't get fleeced in this trade. By the way, Sam Reinhardt, two goals, seven points already with uh, with, with Florida. It's just, he's the one who got away. Now, the Sabres mm-hmm. are on the West Coast, which, by the way, it, thank God that Jack Eichel got traded into the night, Wednesday night, early Thursday morning, or this show would have really been screwed. So we got to do our Jack Eichel <laughs> thing. Thank the Lord. Now, the one downside is the Sabres are on the West Coast, and we're taping this before they wrap up their fourth and final game. They're at Seattle tonight. Um, one and two on this trip to this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they won their first game, then they lost. Uh, who they lose? They lost to the Kings and they lost to the Sharks. They beat Anaheim in overtime, almost blew that mm. game, but they won that game. Yeah. Um, so the Sabres are 5-3-1 right now. They're cooling off a little bit, though. Um, to Kevin Adams' credit, no fool's gold here. I don't think he has any illusions. They're 5-3-1, and one, and that's fantastic. It's a fun start, but I don't think he considers his team any type of contender right now, evidenced by guys like Peyton Krebs. You know, he's going to Rochester. Mm. They're taking their sweet time with Quinn and Paterka. They're not rushing anything. UPL, well, UPL is kind of stunk in Rochester too. So he's got to get his shit together. But point being is they're not doing anything that's indicative of them being a, a playoff contender right now. No fool's goal, but you've been watching on the West Coast. Quite frankly, mm-hmm. I have not. How have they looked these last few games? Uh, I th- Not great. Um, I said the other night uh, during the... Uh, during the Sharks game, where I was thinking the, the the way that they were playing was made me think of a Denny, Denny Denny Green quote, and some people understood what I meant. Other people were just kind of like, well, "What do you mean?" And the quote I was thinking of, "They are who we thought they were," like that. Mm-hmm. You know, 
that's I think what we what we've been seeing is a little bit more accurate than what we saw beforehand. Now, it's tough to judge because like all those games in the beginning were at home and like you get you get your you know you get final change, you get all that, you get your matchups. Don Grano hasn't gotten his matchups in these games and it's been a little bit tougher. You know, I know and you know guys that were playing really great beforehand, you know like uh like Hag and and Pesek, they were a great pair. Like they were awesome. They've looked terrible. <laughs> They've looked absolutely abused here uh, on this on this on this road trip. And you know we've seen you know you, you've seen some guys kind of come back to earth. I mean it's they, you know Olsen with the with the little injury that he had missing the the Sharks game that stinks. Um, Cousins, I I'm nervous for Cousins right now because I think now that everybody's attention is away from Jack and like the specter of all that, people are gonna start looking at Cousins going like, all right, buddy. Let's go, man. Like time, time to time to get her done. Great, like, great point, and you're a hundred percent right. I never thought of that till you just said that, but I can see that happening. Yep. Yeah, and Darlene, I think Darlene might be able to shield Cousins from that because everybody's looking at the way he's playing, going, like, "What's going wrong?" Let's talk like, about got, that. He got his, he got his, he got pantsed by Hurdle in that game. Saw the highlight. What's Oy, going on with I, him this season, though? I, I've read, even you know what, even going before the season, I remember I brought this up mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago, right before the season. Paul Hamilton a guy who I have a very hot and cold opinion of. It depends what day of the week it is. And let's just leave it at that. All right. <laughs> he did point out and it, and it caught my attention that Rasmus Dahlin did not look confident during the preseason at all. He said he was struggling and didn't look confident mm-hmm. from what I'm understanding. When I've, you know, what little I've seen Paul's right. What's up, what's going on with Rasmus man is, is this something to be legitimately concerned about your, your boys in his fourth year now, man. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, it's, why is it not I, clicking? I, I worry. My the thing with when I watch him play is the confidence is a roller coaster with him. Like when things are good, man, you can tell right away. Like he's dangling with the puck. He's you know he's making guys look bad. He's playing really strong. He's doing everything right. When he's off, and you can again, you can see it right away. You can see it in like in his body language and how he's and how he's performing and how he handles things. You can tell when he's, he's in his own head. And my, my pal, Chad, uh, D Minisis said, he's like, might, they might have to seriously consider getting him a, a sports psychologist to kind of get him out of his head because you can tell it reminds me of when Tyler Myers, uh, before he was traded, um, was, was playing under Ron Ralston. Actually all the Sabres were playing under Ron Ralston. And how you could tell on the ice that everybody's thinking like, okay, we're supposed to be here. We got to do this here and do that. You can tell when he's thinking too much on the ice. You can see it in his play. And, you know, like Hurdle's coming. You know, Hurdle already had a goal in that game. And he, you know, it was, again, kind of a pretty fancy goal. But he's coming in on him. And Darlene thought he had it, thought he had his, thought he had his move read. And he, he slid over to the, you know, slid over to try to push him to the outside. And Hurdle cut right back on him to the inside. And, you know, Darlene didn't exactly step up on him. Like that's, that's the part that gets me. Like he's, you know, he's backing up, backing up, backing up. And then like, just kind of waving a stick at him. And it's like, dude, you gotta, you gotta step at some point. And when he did, it was both too late because butcher's got a butcher had to worry about the guy on the other side, you know, coming the far side, because all it is is a quick pass dunk on the other side, easy goal. Um, so butcher can't cover him. And, you know, I mean, listen, it's a two on two break. You don't have to worry about, I mean, if you get a, if you get a forward back checking and, and help cover that center spot. Okay, great. But, it's two on two, man. Like that, he's your guy. You got to You got to contain him. And he risked it and whiffed. And that's 
you know, like, I mean, at that point, the game, the game was already in the bag anyways. So like that, that was just like a, an extra treat, I guess. But like, it's just so easy to tell when he's not in his right mindset and you can see it the way he plays. And that's, that's the thing that gets me. Like, I don't like that. I can watch how a guy's play and be like, Oh, he's on tonight. Like sometimes it's nice when, like when a guy's just dominating and you're like, there was many of those Jack nights where you're just like, he's going to pop a couple tonight. Like I can just tell, like you can tell from the first shift with Darlene, you don't know from the first shift. Like you don't like if, if there's like one mistake somewhere, if he takes a penalty or something like that, He's just like, oh man, he's they get so down on himself or he pissed at himself that he loses focus. <sighs> Hockey's a hard game, man. Mistakes are gonna happen. Like you just gotta rise up above it, not just let one mistake drag you through the rest of the game. How much is not having Yoki Haru with him effective? Do you think that has any effect or you just eh? mm, no, I don't think that's I don't think that's has a huge effect. Um if it does have a huge effect, it's that because, you know, Darlene and, and Butcher have done a lot of like side swapping, you know, playing left and right side, but both guys, I mean, they're both lefty shots. So like they, they both been kind of flexing either way, like whatever makes it easier to get back and cover like that. That's the thing. And that's the other part of that move against hurdle because he was playing on the right, the right hand side of the D the D setup there. And he went to push him off and like, he came back into like Darlene's strong side, but he, it was too good of a move, but, um, I think maybe if you can make it easier on coverages to have it like lefty righty for him, cool. But I, I mean, I don't know that Yoki Haru is like the is the you know is like his is like his personal right hand defenseman. Like I don't, I don't know that that's that's really driving driving things too much. All right, that's fair. Um, one other note too, <laughs> Chad. You you spoke of Chad Dean and Minnesis. He had a tweet. Just the other night, Darlene is probably never going to be that good defensively, but my God, dude, make like a single play during a game. Doesn't carry the puck or do anything besides point shots in the offensive zone. That's a little nerve wracking to, to, to think about as a Sabres fan. And you know, I go back to last year when Granado took over Sam Reinhardt head and shoulders was my, and middle stats, uh, you know, his rise. Those were my favorite things. But right after that, man, that pairing of Darlene and yeah, they looked like completely different players when Granado took over in Kruger. So to even get any hints of any regression in his fourth year is certainly, uh, it's discerning, man. It it really is. Yeah. It, it concerns me. It, it does. It concerns me, Joe. It's, and I think what also plays into this is that he's had horrible starts like the last two or three years. Like the beginning of the season, just kind of like, man, he's, he's stinks out loud. And then he comes into his own. And then he, you know, the last 60 games of the season, you're just like, wow, okay. That's way better. Um, if bad starts are just going to be his thing, then like just navigate it as best you can. Try to fig- like try to figure things out in the off season to make sure that doesn't happen. But if this is indicative of a bigger struggle, that's not great. No, that's no. that's that's extremely concerning. And I think that's it, that's where I think a big part of the season is figuring out what you got in him. You know, that's that's why the bridge deal he got was what three years, two three years, like, three, yeah. It gives it gives you time to figure out what exactly you're dealing with here, and you know people are down on him right now. I mean stocks stocks are stocks are low on on Darlene right now, and it's you know I've already seen some people on Twitter being like, all right, so he's gonna be the next one getting traded, right? Like that's like that's how it's gonna go. And it's like, whoa, 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 slow down, slow down here. Like he's got he's got more stuff to figure out, but they can't get caught in that wrist aligner rut where every season it's just like, nah, we know he's better than this. He can get better than if you're for seven eight years into it and 
nothing's changed that it's like that's just what he is but you have to make sure he doesn't get to that point where all the bad habits stick and all the bad reads and everything stick around with him now organization has not helped him <laughs> you know three three coaches in in four years is, is not great um so that's that's rough but at some point it's on the player to start owning it and start doing the improvements themselves as opposed to just being plugged in and being a, a system type defenseman because Darlene should not be a system type defenseman I'm I agree with Chad he's got to push the offense more because I think the, if you push offense more and push push possession more that helps your defense because again the other team doesn't have the puck who cares right like, yeah. you don't have to worry about coverage in your own zone if you've got the puck 60 70 percent of the time <laughs> well you mentioned stocks down Stocks are down on my uh, 75 draft picks from last <laughs> week. We'll talk about that. One more real quick break. And then on the other side, we'll talk about last week's and then we'll get into this week's draft to wrap up Adam Sandler movies. Be right back. All right. So there's no sugar coat in this man. Last week's starting five draft. We did Halloween treats and I got my ass fucking kicked 85 percent <laughs> to 15 percent. joe to recap for everyone out there who didn't listen to last week's show or didn't see it on twitter joe took reese's peanut butter cups twix snickers take five milky way i took m&m's butterfinger kit kat peppermint patty which was just killer and nestle <laughs> crunch 15 percent is all i was able to land i came off flat man you know no excuses. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't want to sit here and offer the the fans excuses. I simply, I came out flat. I got on the microphone and I choked. I choked, man. Plain M&M's. I could have won peanut butter M&M's. The peppermint patty was, <laughs> dude, that, that was. nuked your entire campaign. It did. It was probably my worst pick of any category since taking Jimmy Snuka <laughs> and my all-time favorite wrestlers. This category. was somehow worse. Yeah, this was worse, man. Um, This was bad. This was bad. Uh, the good thing about sports and competition, though, is that you always get a chance for redemption. And I don't know if I'm going to be able to. I ain't going to be no 85, 15%. I can pretty much guarantee you that. But this week, we're doing favorite Adam Sandler movies. I'm like, oh, hold on. You took Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. So I know your ass had the first pick. Because that, uh -huh. that was my first pick, too. Your pick, you, you know what, by the way, your, your shit was flawless. I, nobody bitched about it. <laughs> nobody bitched about any of your picks. Like nobody, nobody no. bitched about your picks at all. I got no, that's I, never happened before. I got taken to the woodshed for peppermint patty, and also not a lot of love for butterfingers or playing M and M's. I got criticized for that too. So criticisms all the way around, all the way around, bro. Yeah, I got yeah. It. I I think I, I think it was after your third pick. I was like, I think, that, and you were just like. I don't know if this is gonna go right. It's like here's where here's where Pat concedes the vote. I can right tell here. in real time. In real time. Sometimes I, I get uh sometimes I get the result. I'm like, all right, I think I got a chance here. Or sometimes I'm like, this could go either way. I knew last week I'm like, yo, I'm gonna get my ass handed to me. I did. Very well deserved. I gotta come back here though. Adam Sandler movies were back on uh pop culture stuff. I got the first pick. I don't think there's before we get started with these picks. I don't think some categories there's a no-brainer no consensus. Like when we did HBO shit, you knew Tony Soprano or The Sopranos. That was a consensus number one. Mm -hmm. There was not going to be any arguing. Um, I I don't think there's a consensus. Maybe there is in your mind, 
Well, we're going to find out because I'm going first and this is not a consensus one. This might not mm -hmm. even be the most popular one, but I, I don't think I'm going to get it at four and I can't take a chance. And I love, it's my favorite Adam Sandler movie. It's the wedding singer. It's the funniest movie to me. It's the cutest. I'm an eighties dude. So it's got the best uh, soundtrack. It's just the whole vibe, the eighties vibe. It, him and Drew Barrymore have the best chemistry. There's just mm -hmm. so many funny moments. So many great characters in that movie. Even the people with the small parts, like the dickhead boyfriend uh, uh, for Drew Barrymore's. I fucking love him. When he pulled up, when she was sick puking and he pulled up in his Don Johnson car and, and the thing swung open and you could hear the Miami Vice theme, that was the funniest shit to me. <laughs> I know, again, this could go maybe good, maybe bad, but I would hate myself if I passed on that and you took it second or third. That might not even be in your top 10. I have no idea but I just couldn't take that chance. So my first pick, I'm going Wedding Singer. Oh no, Wedding Singer is absolutely in my is is in my was in my sights. Okay, not at number one. Though. Not at number one. Understood. <laughs> not at number one. Understood. Because you've you've left the two, you've left two hanging fastballs right out there. Oh, like, and you, I think you already realize where this is going, and you already realize you're going to lose <laughs> horrifically again. And I don't know if it's because I faked you out because I said it's like, ah, there's going to be a lot of goofball shit on here. Like, and you're like, no, 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 there's, there's some good stuff. To I was like, yeah, yeah, I know. It's Happy Gilmore and Billy Madison, to the next two picks. Like, <laughs> for fuck's sake, Pat. Like, what, I, 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 what do you do? I, I, I've never gone, gone in on you about this before, but are you trying to lose now? I like, am not. Those are the two biggest movies. Are let you kidding me, me? Let me take you inside the, the war room right now, okay? And you don't even need to, you don't even need to explain those movies. Everybody fucking knows them. Here, right. was, here was my thinking. I knew, by the way, Happy Gilmore and Billy Madison are also two and three for me. Okay. So it's not like they were like, <laughs> I wasn't not, one of them one because oh, of the, Lord. my thinking was this. I wanted the wedding singer and I knew mm. I, I could have taken Happy Gilmore or the water boy. Number one, or not the water boy, Billy Madison, number one. And I think I just gave away my, one of my next picks, yeah, by the way. You get the next two picks. It's fine. You but didn't anyway, give anything Billy, away. Billy Madison or Happy Gilmore. I, I knew I could have got one of them. But again, I want, I knew you would take one. But my question was, would you take the wedding singer? I came into this draft saying, just like the Bills, Juan and Josh Allen, really, really bad. I would not have mm. been able to live with myself if I didn't come away with the wedding singer. And I don't know. I've never talked to you about this <laughs> or Adam Sandler movies. So I couldn't gauge your interest. I should have gave. I should have fucked around and gauge your interest in a DM or something. If if a wedding singer would have been available to me with pick four, yeah. it wasn't. All right. Well, I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble early. Yeah, you are. You're I'm, in big trouble. I'm in big trouble very early. On. You're in huge all right. trouble. All right. Well, I just gave away one of them. I got two. It's the Water Boy. I love the Water Boy. It's a good pick. Um, it's an appropriately appropriate round pick. Let's put it that way. <laughs> It's very pop culture relevant today. Though. Like, there's a lot of catchphrases from that movie that still get said. I see a lot of number nine Boucher jerseys. Um, yeah, so I, I got to go with that. Ah, oh, man, I can't get out of my mind. How many how many catchphrases come, came out of Happy Gilmore? How many <laughs> scenes are memorable Too from many. Happy Gilmore? Every single Too one many. of them. You know, every single one. The, oh my god. Adam Sandler's made so many great movies that he's not even famous from that movie more than others, as much as like Shooter McGavin, who's a complimentary character in that movie. But Shooter's, mm -hmm. that guy, I forgot the guy's name, but that guy's literally made an entire second half of his career 
off that movie. Just being yeah, famous. Uh, Christopher been, McDonald, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah. He's been, yeah. like, he goes to, like, well, before COVID anyway, he used to go to Buffalo, like, the man show and all these kind of conventions mm -hmm. and, and things every year as happy or um, as shooters. So, all right, man. All right. I'm in trouble. I know. It. All right. So, I go in the water, boy. And you know what? If I'm going to, I'm going to sink or die or sink or swim, I'm probably going to sink, but. I'm going to stick with my Drew Barrymore, Adam Sandler connection, man. Cause I liked 50 first dates a lot as well. <laughs> I wish it was video for this. I wish people could see this instead of listening. 50 wow. first dates. I, I love the movie. I love the concept. I love the cast. Um, you know, when you're describing Adam Sandler movies for the most part, it's, they don't really stray much. It's simple. It's mm -hmm. goofy. He's funny. There's funny complimentary characters. I don't need to describe the movie. But I'm, I'm going to roll with it, man. Sick or die. So The Water Boy right. and Fifty First Dates. Now you got two coming. I got a feeling <laughs> neither of those are very high on yours. Especially, uh, especially Fifty First Dates was not. Uh, that was not very high on my on my list. But uh, the next one's going to be Punch Drunk Love. Okay. Which is when he started getting a little bit more a little bit more, I don't know. I don't want to say serious, but like he was, he was stre he's stretching out a little bit there with that, sure. with that one. I agree. I think, I think that's, I think that's where that one comes in. I think that, and I, and I'll say this, I don't think that happens without the wedding singer. I think, I, I think because he showed a little bit more range in that, like he just wasn't a total goofball. He's a goofball, but like, he wasn't like he wasn't Billy Madison in that. Like, you know, he's not he's not being like a, a crazy person, like a happy girl. The wedding like, singer like, was a legit rom-com as opposed yeah. to, you know, Billy Madison and, and Happy Gilmore, which are legendary goofball movies. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. Um, uh, see, because now you now I have too much to pick from because <laughs> i didn't expect like half of these movies that i wanted to put on here to be here um oh how many i only have two more i have two more picks left yeah, okay got two um uh, see there's one i want to pick but i don't Oh, I hate it. Uh, you know what? Uh, funny people. Okay. Um, Judd, I mean, I love Judd, Judd Apatow. He's uh, Adam Sandler's done so much Apatow stuff, like on the side, like uncredited stuff, where he just pops up and it's just like, oh, what the hell is he doing in this? Um, but I mean, Funny People is 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 really good, and it is a comedy, but it's kind of a sad comedy because, like, you know, his whole character is like, well, I got cancer, and you know. There's that, but it's like you're expecting him to be like the, you know, to just own everybody with with humor, and he's really good in it. But it's a, he also has to like kind of be, you know, kind of kind of like the uh, the the mellower of everybody, you know. And <laughs> I think that's I think that's everybody telling me uh, it's I, I've I've got I've got the win on my hands there with, with the doorbell. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, so yeah, funny people and punch drug love. Okay. Okay, good ones. Um, I just, I can't get past losing those first two, no matter how far deep we get into this draft. All right, so I got two more. I got two more chances to make this. I feel like if I can have a nice balanced team and maybe people don't connect with a few years, that might give me the chance because I'm down big early on. All right, but you know what? I am going to stick with 
my early, I like, I'm partial to comedy Adam Sandler movies, early ones. And mm. I'm going to stay with that. I'm going to, I'm yeah, going to go down the two best that. ones. No, I did. I did. I'm going to go big daddy. That was back in 99. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's funny. John Stewart, Leslie Mann, good cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joey Lauren Adams. I, I always, I loved her. She was um, Adam Sandler's love interest in that mm-hmm. movie. I liked her in Mall Rats and a few of those other movies. Um, so I, I'm going to go with Big Daddy. And then this one is tough, but eh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it, man. I, I like Mr. Deeds, all right? Dumbass, simple town guy. And, and, and what did he hear? Like $40 billion or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Winona Ryder. Bay Bennett, by the way, is the best chick movie character name of all time babe bennett um the reporter uh mm-hmm. john mackerel's in that movie it was funny man I, again what else is there to say these are just funny fucking movies I enjoy, at least listen, the ones i enjoyed I mr d i enjoyed both of those movies yeah. big daddy's you know big daddy's i think they're good late sillier picks. mr deeds is very silly yeah, mr it deeds is. is it is you can tell sandler's just kind of like this movie's ridiculous let's yeah. go <laughs> sneaky sneaky the butler dude i'm happy oh with, yeah yeah I, those are good late round picks so you got one more now and I do. And uh, you know what? I, I give, I give Sandler a lot of credit because he, uh, cause he knows, he knows, he understands what his, his, his whole thing is. Like he gets it. Like he's, he's a goofball and like he realizes it, but I love the balls he had when he did uncut gems. And that's my pick. Uncut gems is my pick to be like, listen, if you don't nominate me for an Oscar for this role, then I'm, you know, I don't understand anything. And he was freaking great in that. Like that movie's mm-hmm. that whole movie's like a panic attack. Like it's an anxiety bomb of a movie, but like he's genuinely good in that movie. And I don't know, man, like I, I see it's weird. Cause I was expecting to take way more comedies. Out of this. <laughs> and instead now I'm like, I feel like I'm going heavy at the end, I even think, though it's not, it's I, not really I, heavy, I, but I, also like I've got the two winners. <laughs> you do. I think maybe because you took two, his two iconic comedies early on. Yes. You just felt like you could have more balance. I'm gonna give you a hot take though. I absolutely hated uncut gems. I thought that was his worst it's, movie. Yeah. I know it was his most critically acclaimed movie. I know. He should have been nominated for an Oscar for it. He, mm-hmm. A lot of people say he deserved it. I fucking hated that movie. Absolutely yeah, hated I, that movie, man. I can understand Being that. Like, it's, you, it's a totally different kind of movie. And like I said, it's it's an anxiety watch. Yeah. Because the it movie makes you paranoid. It but does. like that, the, the one, now see, I was expecting like a lot of other movies to be gone off the board here. And I was, I was keeping airheads in my back pocket. And I was like, eh, maybe I'll use it if I need to get, if I need to punch it up again. But like, like he's he's really funny in airheads but he doesn't really do a lot like his his part's really funny but like that's a brendan fraser movie well i was gonna say like he's that, more of a second to me he's more of a uh of a secondary character that's certainly one um mm-hmm. i i feel like people will talk about that's my boy was a pretty it's a pretty popular one with fans anyway with him and um andy samberg I personally mm-hmm. didn't think it was as good as a lot of other people do, though. Anger Management was was a big blockbuster. Yeah, that was another Jack one. Nicholson. Uh, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry with, with Kevin James. And I was in yep. love with Jessica Biel, by the way. I almost picked that movie solely because I was just absolutely obsessed with uh, Jessica Biel back in those days. Uh, you had Grown Ups 1 and 2. You had Little Nicky. Don't Mess with the Zohan, which was really fucking dumb. I, but I, it was that movie's too. stupid as hell, but it's really it's, funny. Yeah, it's so dumb that you can't help but laugh. 
Yeah. So um, little Nikki, I hated. My yeah. sister loves little Nikki, but like his whole voice and that yeah. whole thing. Oh my god! I just annoying. wanted to throw him into a pond. That like, was enough, probably dude. to me that was his most overrated movie. I didn't like that at all. Um, yeah. All right, before we get out of here, so let me recap these. I selected The Wedding Singer, The Water Boy, Fifty First Dates, Big Daddy, and Mister Deeds. You selected Happy Gilmore, Billy Madison, Punch Drunk Love, Funny People, and Uncut, Uncut Gems. I still think you have the advantage because of your, you got the, the two big ones. But I'm going to tell you, though. <laughs> You're going to get roasted for I, not picking one of them I probably, with your first pick. Probably, I'm going to make it very clear to everybody you had the first pick and you went wedding singer. I, that's going to hurt me, but I'm going to tell yes, you, man. I, it will. We'll see how, because I think you have three movies on the back end that people might, might have mixed reviews about. Punch Drunk Love, Funny People, which actually I don't think that'll get criticized at all. And Uncut Gems. We'll see if people out there feel like I do who hate that stupid ass movie <laughs> we'll see though but it, it, it'll be fun man well I, I need a w man put it this way hopefully i'll do I, i'm confident i'm gonna do better than 15 percent jeez i hope for your sake i hope so <laughs> all right everybody thank you for listening of course follow joe on twitter at joe yurden noted hockey on Substack. i'm looking forward in the coming days by the way to seeing what you write and what you have to say about jack eichel and all this stuff going around with the buffalo Sabres organization that'll be a fun read thanks as always for joining man it's always fun with you always a treat man this is this is a really fun show i'm mark chapman welcome to the planet premier league podcast each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.